Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight with Chanel Shaw, your host. Today, we're talking with Tommy Tai. He is the host of St. Dymphna's Playbook, an awesome, awesome dude and a therapist. And he is going to share with us some great tips and tricks and answer some submitted questions. Welcome, Tommy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to hang out with you. Oh my gosh, we are so excited to have you. I have listened to your podcast so much, which I am a huge fan. And you really got me through the beginning of the pandemic and the middle and oh, the end. Thanks. So. <laughs> That's good. That's so nice yeah, to I hear. Like, I love your podcast and I love everything that you have to share with us. So tell us a little bit about yourself before everyone listening is like, wow, Chanel is really gassing this guy up. But tell us, tell <laughs> I, I us better a come bit, through now. <laughs> right. I know. I'm like, you better show up. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, so my name's Tommy. I'm a cradle Catholic. I was adopted when I was three weeks old into a Catholic family. So my family like taught RCIA out of their living room. And I sat there from like a very young age trying to answer questions that the adults couldn't answer. So I had a lot of fun and and formation that way growing up. I married. I married my wife. Let's see, is it going to be 14 years ago this year? And we have five children that go from 11 down to two. So very busy. And yeah, I've been a marriage and family therapist since 2009, I guess, is when I got my license. It was just before we had our first son. So I was studying for the test being like, I sure better pass this test before this baby shows up or there's no way I'm going to be able to study after that. (laughs) So thank goodness I did. So I've been a therapist since 2009. I've mostly worked in like community mental health. So people usually when they hear about therapists, they think of like you sit in a private office and the person sits on a couch um, or something. That's not what I do. I've always worked in local county health clinics, um, working with people who have uh, serious and persistent mental illness. So people with like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, major depression, PTSD, and are really kind of struggling to function in their life. So that's kind of been the field that I've worked in. And then, like you said, I started this podcast. I don't even know how long ago. I was in the middle of recording episode 90 when I jumped over here with you to talk about this. So people keep sending in questions that are just powerful and so lovely to explore with them. And I've really had a good time kind of getting to know people in that way and walking with them and praying with them. It's just been a great joy. So now I'm excited to be able to talk with you. Oh my gosh. Well, that is so awesome. I am really so honored to just be able to talk to you and check this out. So All right, for everyone listening, they're like, what is this? <laughs> okay. So check this oh, out. Cool. Right, All right on. So got yeah. my St. Dymphna's prayer card as we go. are chatting. So she is. I had one of those taped up in my office when I first became a therapist just because of her patronage. Mm. And like, who would think, you know, it's right? so interesting how these, these saints are so just incredible. It's incredible, isn't it? The journey they go with us on. She is it. She is awesome. So I'm so excited to be chatting with you. So we had some submitted questions that I would like to share with you and we'd love to hear all your wisdom. So the (laughs) first question is on your podcast that you have yourself, every episode you share a story about a saint that struggled with a particular mental illness um, and how they got through it and how they can inspire us as well. And so do you have a particular saint that you've been sitting with in recent times? Yeah, most definitely. It's funny because I'm wearing this shirt right now from the Brick House in the City people that lists like a bunch of names of different saints, right? That that have all struggled with mental health issues. So um, there's so many I could talk about. I'll bring up uh, two to mind, I think, that come to mind. The first is um, Servant of God, Dorothy Day. So she's been like, in my life for quite a while since somebody encouraged me to read The Long Loneliness, her autobiography. Um, And she's, I mean, I'm sure most people know about her, but she's this incredible woman who kind of 
just gave her life over to God, right? And started living among the poor and helping them. She co-founded the Catholic Worker House with Peter Morin and just incredible work that she did. So when people look at her, she's kind of, I guess, could you say it's like an American Mother Teresa in a sense, probably the Mm. way that she lived and took care of people. And yet, when you get to know Dorothy, you can read her private letters, read her writings, read things that she's written. And she's so real, you know, like she sometimes didn't enjoy the work that she was doing for God. She sometimes didn't feel it kind of like Mother Teresa similar. She sometimes struggled. She would get frustrated with people who she had to help take care of, right? But she knew that she had to. She knew that these people were Christ. And that kind of kept pushing her forward past her like emotions of revulsion to alcoholism or fighting or these things that were happening in the Catholic worker homes. So just that part of her, her dedication and her realness are really profound to me. But also she struggled with depression, serious depression. So she had an abortion. She was like pushed to have an abortion from somebody who she had a baby with. And she fell into a deep, dark depression. She tried to commit suicide on two different occasions. She was actually pulled out of her apartment when she was trying to commit suicide by turning the oven on and having kind of gas flood into her apartment. And, And this is like very heavy and very intense. But for me, it shows, you know, it shows me something for when like I'm in my darkest moments, when I felt just despondent with no hope and and didn't feel like there was anywhere for me to go. I really felt like I wasn't going to go anywhere with God. That was sort of it, right? Like it's mm. it's kind of over for me. And to look at somebody like Dorothy who was so profoundly depressed to to that point where she was thinking of taking her own life and attempted to. And then look at what she did. Look at how God worked in her life. For me that really helps me to remember that like we always are like moving through this plan with God. Like God God's not finished with us at any point. We're going to do something profound for him in our own way. We're not going to open Catholic worker houses and and do that kind of stuff. But, you know, as we're moving along, it just gives me hope to think about there's something coming. God's doing something with us. And so it's just really great. It's profound to me to see these incredible holy people who really go through it. You know, like it's so easy for us. And Dorothy talked about this. Like it's so easy for us to like make people saints and then we package them up in this like nice little thing. Another person that comes to mind like this would be uh, Edith Stein, right? St. Teresa Benedict oh of the goodness. Cross, where wow. we've taken her and she has become somebody who like Maximilian Colby, right? She was she died in the in World War II. She really like gave up her life. It's a really profound story that she has. But she went through a deep, dark depression too. She talked about how when she would cross the street, there were times when she would ask God to have a car run her over because she felt so profoundly depressed, like there was nothing for her in life. And we have this tendency with saints to kind of package them up. She's the saint that died during the Holocaust. She's this World War II saint. How incredible is her witness? And we don't look at their entire life, you know? And I think we really miss out when we don't. And we can see that in Dorothy and Edith Stein and so many other people. Oscar Romero comes to mind. He had um, obsessive compulsive personality disorder and went to therapy and all this stuff. But we don't think about that. We think about like the thing that makes them a saint, the part of their story that like calls out to us. And I think we miss a lot of that because we're suffering. We're going through all these things. We think about therapy. We think about medication for our mental health. But we look at these holy heroes and we think, well, look at them. They didn't have to do that. They just like went through and lived a perfectly holy life. But that's not true at all, right? They struggled Mm -hmm. just like us. So I think the part of talking about saints on the podcast, like that's what it's about for me. It's like, People talk about St. Therese of Lisieux and how amazing she was. She struggled with like profound mental health issues. And I think instead of that making her less than, it really makes her our deep friend. Like these things help us to have someone who we can say, she's just like me. I struggled with that. 
And that helps me feel not alone. I hope it helps other people feel not alone too. So I know I named a bunch more saints than I should have, but. (laughs) My gosh, no, that's awesome. And I think it's so important for us to have some perspective. I agree. I think even when I think about St. Therese, I mean, growing up, I just thought she was the really quiet, beautiful sunshine flowers um, saint. Right, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And then the only thing she kind of, was it, I think it was, it was in her autobiography. It was, um about piece of cake or something. She got upset or annoyed at her sister when she was younger. And that was kind of the only thing that she suffered with and that she was just kind of a little bit insecure. But the older I get, the more I'm like, wow, she actually had a She really- kind of flipped out a bunch of times. Yeah, <laughs> she actually had a really hard time. So I think yeah. it's awesome to have that perspective. And speaking of that, so of saints that struggled with depression, I know that especially during this pandemic this past year, it's been really challenging for a lot of people suffering with mental illnesses, especially right depression and anxiety and just mm. transitioning back into life after this year, which has just been amazingly challenging. And so now that we're transitioning back into life, I know that you've probably spoken to so many people about this, but do you have any kind of tips and tricks or kind of any guidance on how we can transition back into life and take care of ourselves emotionally and mentally and spiritually, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. So I think the most important thing in all situations and just like in this situation is to take it easy on ourselves. We have to really take care of ourselves by not putting too much pressure on ourselves. Like we should do this. We should have accomplished this by now. Like that is such a thing that's ingrained in us from our culture and it's so dangerous right? Because we're in uncharted territory right now. Like none of us have lived through something like this. And so what we're feeling, what we're going through, how quickly we can go back to to normalcy, all of that's okay. And so I think that we need to be willing to accept ourselves where we're at. We could take God as an example, right? It's like God loves us right now, no matter how much we're struggling, he loves us and he's patient and he's going to wait for us. And I think we have to take that approach with ourselves too. So the other thing that I think is really important is when we're feeling good, like in those moments where we're not struggling, we need to, instead of just hanging out, watching TV or whatever, we need to take that opportunity to take out a piece of paper and start writing some things down, writing down healthy coping skills that have helped us in the past, writing down situations that we know might trigger us as we're moving forward and how we would like to deal with those. So when we're feeling good, we kind of have the brain capacity to work through all that stuff, make a list of coping skills we can do when we start panicking or having anxiety, things that have worked in the past. When we're panicking and having anxiety, our brain is like functioning at 30%, right? And we can't then expect ourselves to like, okay, what should I do? What should I do? Because when our brain's not functioning fully, then we go to like unhealthy coping skills, Mm. like drinking, isolating, like all of these things that we think are going to make us feel better. But when we're doing well, we have the capacity to come up with something. And then when we feel crummy, we can take out the list and say, all right, let's go through these things. Let's go for a walk. Let's read a book. Let's call a family member or a friend. Let's, you know, all of these healthy coping skills that we don't have to think about in the moment, but we can utilize when we're kind of freaking out. I think that's so vital. And it's so hard because when we're feeling good, we don't want to think about our mental health. We're like, I'm okay. I just want to like be cool and and just hang out and not not do any of that stuff. But that's the time when our brain is able to do that work. And we'll thank ourselves when we're struggling that we just have to like pull out our phone and look at a list we've come up with or the paper. I always say paper. I don't know. I think 
writing things out <laughs> helps me a little bit. Like sure. I make lists and stuff and it really helps my brain to calm down. I know people probably write it on their notes app or something now. I don't know. But when we have that, that's better, right? It's so much better to look at a list and start going through it to calm down and to, to kind of be able to hang in there with our anxiety rather than going towards those unhealthy coping skills that are so much easier, but don't make us feel any better, you know? Sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. It does feel super hard to kind of encourage yourself in moments where you're like really having a hard time. And I think to reflect on, I mean, my therapist, when I would tell her about things I was struggling with, she really encouraged me to write things down. And when I was having very hard times with the same issue, she encouraged me to just kind of look at this piece of paper where we had written down what I should do, strategies, right. who yeah. I, you know, who would be best to talk to, mm-hmm. um, what makes me feel better. Because in those moments, I feel like my brain is swamped with these of course. stories yeah. of how this is all going to play out. Yeah. Um, and so it's just so helpful to be able to reference something and say like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Remember that time when things were okay. <laughs> right. And yeah. it doesn't have to be this way, but in this moment, it feels like this is the only way that it will be, you know? And so that Definitely. is, and I even think about, I just moved back home and with my parents and I'm almost 28 in a few yeah. days. And I think about, wow, my life, this is like not how I expected my life to be, right? And you kind of right. have those like mega thoughts of my of life and I can't believe and I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh gosh, everything is great. But then what if, what if I just want to be by myself and watch Stranger Things and my mom wants to hang out? <laughs> like, is, what that if I just... so bad? is that so bad? Is that so bad? Like, what if I just want to like buy myself some Taco Bell for dinner and like my mom wants some, you know, or like, what if she makes food and I have to say, I don't want it. It's just like, it's (laughs) these, it's these things. And I'm like, Oh gosh. And I just was thinking about it because I looked through my notes app and I was, and I saw all of these little things I wrote for myself before I moved. And I was like, you know what? It's actually going to be all right. And that actually happened yesterday. I got pizza and my mom was like, I made chicken and here we are at an intersection. (laughs) (laughs) But everything worked out and it was fine. So that's awesome. So isn't it amazing to think about like moving? Because it's like, of course, even not just moving back in, but just hanging out with our parents, right? It's so funny how we think we're all grown up. We're 28. I'm 39. It's like we've moved on. And it's like you snap back into these like uh, ways of being so quickly and so easily. It's just incredible. I think also for the thing you were talking about, about our anxiety, about what if, what if this, what if that, what's going to happen? It's so important to work on mindfulness techniques to kind of keep us in the present moment. I know for some reason, portions of the Catholic community are against mindfulness, I think, because they don't know what it is or they connect it Mm -hmm. with some kind of Eastern spirituality. But Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about is just making yourself aware of the present moment and grounding yourself in that moment. What do you feel like feeling your body against a chair, feeling your feet on the floor? You know, what do you see? What do you smell? Using your senses to kind of keep you in that present moment because the thing with anxiety is it's taking us off down this journey out of the present moment and into these what ifs that we can't do anything about right now. And so trying to use those techniques to use our senses to get back into the present moment and realize like, this is where I am. This is the only thing that I can do right now is very helpful too. So people can look into that and find ones that kind of help them. And I wouldn't be afraid of mindfulness. It's really helpful and really powerful for anxiety. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. My therapist too was like, Chanel, you got to start grounding yourself. Things are okay. Because sometimes when your mind starts moving, it feels like 
you are literally transporting oh, yeah. through the air. It's like yeah. <laughs> I, nothing is real. Everything just feels like it's floating away. So yeah, that and is all the bad awesome. things I think are going to happen in the future have oh. already happened oh and gosh. I already feel bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, completely, completely. I was definitely like, oh, I'm going to come home and then like, I'm going to have no privacy. They're going to take my door off. It's going to be like when I was 12. And, <laughs> and now, <laughs> you know, when I'm home and my mom's like, I'm glad you like your room, set up your own thing. I'm going to yeah. Marshall's. I'll see you later. And I, <laughs> and things I'm like, oh, wow, you don't want me to be home like you don't need that because yeah. I stayed home so we could hang out she's like well you didn't ask me if I wanted to hang out and I actually have <laughs> plans to go to Ross so I really don't want to hang out with you you know so it's it's so interesting how those things kind of work themselves out so Definitely. as Catholics and I asked our previous guests this as well and I always love to ask their persistence and see what their perspectives are uh-huh. Catholics have an interesting and I think that the pandemic has really opened up a lot of avenues for therapists to kind of talk about why therapy is necessary, why taking care of yourself is necessary more than like spiritual taking care of yourself, but really holistically taking care of who you are. Sure. And so I think it's so important to hear why we should take care of ourselves mentally. And do you have any kind of advice for people that might be interested in seeking professional help. Yeah. What would that look like? Because I think as Catholics, we have this interesting relationship where we think we're not really being successful spiritually Mm. if we're going to seek professional help, but Mm -hmm. some things are just out of the scope of spiritual guidance. Yeah. And so what would you say to that? Yeah, that's most definitely true. And it's really, it's a hard thing because I think we, that just permeates our culture in the church, right? Like we should be able to overcome it. I think it's a little bit of like our American culture too. We should be able just to get through this on our own. If only we were smart enough and strong enough, we wouldn't deal with this. And, or if we trusted Jesus enough and we prayed the right prayers and went to the right sacraments at the right time, everything would just be okay. We wouldn't be depressed. But gosh, you're right. That misses the mark. And one thing I try to encourage people, especially from our Christian perspective, is that our faith is incarnational, right? Like God, he does sometimes do these miracles just out of nowhere, but not usually. Usually he works through human beings to like impart his grace and healing to us, right? Through priests, through family, through friends, through Jesus, of course, like most obviously, and through professionals that are meant to help us too. So sometimes when I think about struggling with depression, praying for God to help me, I wonder like, am I open to the possibility that God might be wanting to give me that help through a therapist or through a Mm -hmm. doctor? Because that's what he does. He uses us to help each other, you know? And so I think there is something profoundly Christian about being willing to go to therapy or go to a doctor for medication to, to explore how God might work through that person for us. And there's really, so I think that's the first thing. The second thing is, is reaching out for help shows a great sign of strength. So a lot of times we kind of incorrectly view this as like, if I have to go to a therapist or a doctor for medicine for my mental health, I'm weak or I failed in some way, or I, I wasn't good enough, you know, but it's really the opposite. Being able to recognize that we need help to get through a particular moment is a strength. That's a sign of strength inside of us that we didn't think that we could do it on our own and then keep suffering for years and years, right? So many of us do that because we're afraid of looking like failures or feeling like we're weak, but that's not it at all. Showing up in a therapist's office is hard. Talking about your feelings and what you're going through that only you and God know about is really hard. And I tell that when people come into our clinic, it's like, that's one of the first things I say is like how brave it was of them to come into this place 
to be willing to be vulnerable and share with what's going on so that they could get help. That is really, it takes so much strength, only strength that God could give us, I really think. And mm. so I, I hope that people will see it that way. And I really hope the end game here for me is that I want our church to become that holistic place for everyone. There's a document actually that came out during COVID from the Vatican that was on this like mental health during the COVID pandemic. And it called for like communities of healing at the parish so that there would be this holistic approach at a parish. Of course, it's prayer, right? We need to pray. We need to stay close to God and and have him help us. But what if the parish also had this ability to have people who could listen, who could guide you, who could help you through like the mental health journey you're going through? What would that do? It would be so profound if a priest could pray with you and then say, oh, and by the way, we have this group here that you could go join, or we have Mm. this therapist or trained peers who you could just sit with who aren't therapists, but who know a thing or two about counseling, right? That would be so amazing because that's the message that we're trying to get out is that the holistic approach is what we have to take. We have to take care of our soul and our body and our mind. So anyway, don't be afraid. Ask God to help you have the strength to know what to do and realize that God helps you through other human beings, right? God can do whatever he wants 100%, but you don't usually hear someone who's profoundly depressed asking God for a miracle and then not being depressed anymore the next morning Mm -hmm. when they wake up. That's just not how he normally works. But you do hear a family member helping take someone to a therapist and God working through that therapist to help that person feel better, right? So anyway, that's a long-winded answer, I guess. But I really hope that we can see that as we kind of move forward as Catholics, for sure. Oh, I love that. No, thank you so much for sharing. I think it's so encouraging to hear from people that live regular lives and have children and are married and go to work that are like, hey, you know, it's really cool. Great, go do it, you know? Because like you were saying, even with your saint friends that you were sharing about, there are so many, we don't have full perspectives sometimes. And sometimes we just see end game things. Like with Edith Stein, we kind of see her huge sacrifice and think that she just woke up and decided to make a huge sacrifice and never had a hard time and probably lived her entire life in God's, you know, (laughs) abundant, peaceful grace. Um, But it's so (laughs) nice um, to just hear like, hey, you know, you can have a hard time and it is really great. And if you can find support, that's awesome. Um, So thank you so much for sharing everything. We're so happy that we got to talk to you. Oh, yeah. Yes. So at the end of every one of our episodes, we ask okay, our guests. Okay, here we go. I'm ready for what's I know. coming now. <laughs> we ask our guests for their social security number. No, so we, <laughs> so we ask our guests um, their hope for the week. So something that they're looking forward to, something that they're hopeful for. And yeah, I can go first if you need okay. some time or if you're yeah, ready, go, you can no, go first. Of course, I'm going to make you go first if you offered. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... My hope for the week. So I recently bought some exercise clothes. Nice. And I recognize that being physically fit kind of helps me both mentally, spiritually, helps me feel better. Um, And so I bought some new exercise clothes and I am excited to go on walks. My mom and I got some bikes. And so we are excited to go on walks, go on some bike rides and just encourage each other to be more physically present to ourselves because I think it's really easy for me to just partake, which also I think it's great to partake in some ice cream or two or six. (laughs) And so I've been really going hard on the desserts and the food and the not really taking care of myself and too much stranger things. So, (laughs) so I'm excited to get outside and like really feel that Florida heat and, you know, just kind of feel better. So that's great. Thank you so much. I'm excited. How about you? 
I, um, my hope for the week would be, and we talked about like how hard it is to like come home from work and have your kids want to play right away before we started recording. But my hope for the week would be that I have the strength and ability to say yes to my kids when they want to play, because I think, you know, it's very easy for me with my anxiety to want to like have to take care of tasks because that makes me feel less anxious. So a lot of times I say, no, I can't play right now because I have to glue this picture frame together that got broken. I have to sweep the floor. I have to do the dishes. But, you know, when I think about life ending sometime in the future, I know that I'm going to look back and say, if only I would have played baseball with them instead of sweeping the floor. And so that's my hope for the week that I'll just say yes to them. Let all that other stuff go to the side a little bit because hanging out with them is what's important. So uh-huh. we'll see. That's my hope. I love that. I'm praying for you. I mean, parents, I parents <laughs> are rock stars. I do not know how you guys do it. So I'm it's a lot I'm of praying. coffee, a lot of coffee. <laughs> and my friends say too, they're like, you know, it's better when it's your kid. Oh, my yeah, friends it is. always That's say true. they're That's like, true. honestly, it makes it so much better when it's your kid and you know that this is a baby that you've had and then like a big person, you know. So like it's yeah, it makes it a little bit easier. So maybe easier to like come home and immediately be a horsey and you know, be on all fours <laughs> running around your house with your kids. Right. So most awesome. definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. So where Where can we find more information about you and what you're doing? Oh, sure. Okay. So I guess I have a website, catholichipster.com. That's the same URL from a long time ago. You can follow me on Twitter at the GH is silent. I have Instagram too. I think it's at Tommy underscore Ty. I think. I hope that's right. I don't go in there very much because (laughs) I don't know. I just can't take great pictures of myself. And I feel like that's what Instagram (laughs) is all about. Um, And also um, there's a book, a St. Dimpness playbook book that's coming out from Ave Maria in November. And so you can go to Ave Maria to pre-order it if you're interested. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I guess the podcast is like on iTunes or wherever you go to get podcasts. Um, St. Timpness Playbook, you can Google it and it pops up. That's about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited for that book. And everyone check out Tommy's podcast. It has seriously got me through so many times just hearing oh, a positive That's voice. so kind of you. Yeah, just hearing a nice voice. And you're just so like encouraging and transparent with the way that you answer questions and share about saints and just are so it's just such a breath of fresh air right to just not be inundated oh. with negative things <laughs> so so that's nice. I, I really appreciate that <laughs> yeah no so that's awesome sweet well thank you so much for being with us yeah it was a great time thank you Thank you guys again for listening and thank you to Tommy for being our guest. Make sure to check out Tommy's new book, St. Dymphna's Playbook, coming out with Ave Maria Press in November. And thank you guys again for listening. I'm so honored to be the host of Ave Spotlight and I'm looking forward to more conversations like this one in the future. God bless and have a great rest of your week. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.